0: Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Yeah! Hey, y'all. This is Walter again. I'm here with Harv Dog Harvey. What's going on? This is episode five of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. We got something a little special going on for y'all today. Uh, our title sponsor. Uh, Wild Edge Incorporated is actually Drew Walters the owner of that is on the phone with us right now how you doing
1: I'm doing good boys how you doing
0: we're good we're good we've been fighting some technical difficulties and we've this podcast is being recorded an hour past when we uh, (laughs) hope to have but we're here so uh, what we hope to accomplish here is we're gonna have Drew on and we're gonna talk about uh, summertime fun that we have, either saltwater fishing or bo- I'm hoping Drew will tell us about uh, bow fishing up there that he's been doing. If you've been following his Instagram, you you can tell that he's been having a blast doing that. He's got a decked out rig and I'd love to hear about it. First, why don't you uh, take a couple minutes and kind of introduce yourself and tell tell our followers and listeners uh, who you are and, and what you do.
1: All right, my name is Drew Walter. I'm a uh... You know, people know me as andrew i'm the owner of wild edge incorporated uh home of the stepladder uh, i'm just uh working with these two guys down south uh chasing tails outdoors and trying to uh you know make ourselves known in the outdoor industry and uh, stepladder is what we call the ultimate climbing system uh if you guys haven't checked us out yet visit wildedgeinc.com uh check our instagram and facebook page and see what's going on with uh all our new products we got coming out besides a step ladder we got our lines and belts we got the aider our bow hangers and we also have a new uh sling coming out for all you saddle hunters so that should be out within the next month but uh yeah just your one stop shop for some quality climbing equipment for hunting or uh you know whatever you want to do when it comes to climbing
0: so so did i hear correctly that your saddle will be ready for the fall 2017
1: yeah, sir. We uh we just uh I just got my second prototype in <clears throat> from a company I'm working with and you know I'm just making the final tweaks to it and uh so hopefully the final prototype should be out uh within the next month or so. So, you know, end of June we're looking to have the final one out and for sale on the website.
0: Awesome. That's gonna be cool. I've i personally I don't think you've never
2: used a saddle no, harness before. Never no. seen one. Well, I've seen, you've them, seen but one I have really, yeah. I have no idea how to use it
1: yeah man it is it is the way to go i mean you know you just think about it you have you always want more tree stands but tree stands cost money so you know most of us are not willing to spend thousands of dollars to have all kinds of tree stands so you take your one saddle that you have with you and that's your one tree stand no matter where you go it's around your waist lightweight it's always attached to you and all you need is you know the step ladder boom you slap it in a tree or you have multiple sets set up in a tree and your saddle's always on you i mean it's to me it's the way to go. I'll never I'll never buy another tree stand again.
2: It it
0: kinda you know, from talking to you and doing some research, it's kinda like a a run and gunner's dream.
1: It is. I mean that and even if you're it run and gun, it is there's no doubt in my mind. It's like you're running a gun in the woods. What do you, are you gonna bring a big metal tree stand with a chain around it or ratchet straps and try to be quiet? You know, whereas a sling is just it is just super quiet it's all it's it's around your waist you climb up into the tree boom you bridge around the tree and you're ready to rock i mean it's to me there's no other way to do it and even if you're not running a gun you're just going to the woods for a leisurely afternoon hunt morning hunt it's you know it's comfortable you're just hanging there it's you're not sitting on a little tiny tiny seat you're just hanging like you're in a hammock
0: yeah i, I look I'm, I'm looking forward to it i it's just it's a different concept if you if you haven't done it before there's not you know so much you, only so much you can say about it but
2: yeah i don't right. know I don't know anything about it straight so, up i don't know anything so it's gonna be completely new for me
1: yeah it's like you know imagine uh imagine having a little swing around your around your waist and you can go three sixty around a tree and get every single shot opportunity you could ever imagine you know opposed to being stuck in a tree stand where you only have you know two square feet of movement you know it's you can just monkey around the tree and get the craziest shot angles that you could ever imagine.
2: Yeah, I want to see how comfortable it is, too. It,
1: it, it is. I mean, you're you're just hanging there, and you can always, like, move the, you know, move. You can move so that you're more comfortable. You know, one little movement, and you're putting different pressure on your legs and different pressure on your rear end to your back. I mean, it's. you just move around. 90% of your shots when you're bow hunting are straight down right so you know in a tree stand you're trying to bend at the waist and bend over and you know you're always practicing all summer well dedicated people are practicing all summer bend at the waist do this do that well
2: dedicated yeah Yeah.
1: a sling all you do is kick your feet around the tree and your body's at a perfect plane and you don't have to bend at the waist you know it's it almost saves you into to me it makes me more mobile because when i'm in a tree i'm always thinking like I'm stuck. Like I can't do anything. That's why I love doing a lot of ground hunting because you can always, you know, two feet of movement to the right or left, and you got a whole different world of shot angles. Oh yeah, definitely. Same, same thing as a sling. You know, a couple, you know, forty degrees more around the tree, and you have a whole different world of shot angles right there. You know, it's it just makes so much sense.
0: We agree, and we're and we're gonna record another one, uh, another podcast with you, and and, and for all the 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 tactic fanatics and the people who, you know, we've been saying, you know, for the past four episodes, we've been talking about how we're going to have you on the show and talk about your product. So we're going to record a second podcast and it'll be nothing but giving you the floor as to how to use your product and, and those little nitty gritty details of of uh, what, what you can do with it and, and the saddle high harness and stuff. So if that's cool. something... If that's something that y'all are interested uh, in, in listening to, stay tuned. Middle of this week, we're gonna release a bonus podcast and and uh, do that for y'all. But in the meantime, te- I- I'd love to hear how you got into bow fishing. What? How did you? How did you uh,
1: come across that? Is that a re- relatively recent phenomenon? Yeah, it's uh actually last summer. I, ha- I had a buddy that I grew up with, and he was always doing it. You know, here and there. <laughs> and I've always wanted to do it I've always been real interested in it and uh when I was younger I I grew up fishing I used to fish like a madman but you know as I got older and obviously responsibilities and I always tell everyone that growing up sucks because you get more responsibilities and less time to do fun stuff so it's you know fishing kind of became a backseat kind of thing and I always put work before fishing because summertime's my busy time you know it's Fishing was always put last, last, put last, and I kind of just stopped going fishing. And my buddy got me into bow fishing. He kept begging me to go, so I said, you know what, let's do it. I tried it out, and he was going during the day. And we kept, you know, we were seeing carp. You know, the whole river around us is loaded with carp, but it's with the refraction of the water and the lighting and the sun, it's like you couldn't see anything. So I was my instant thought was nighttime. Nighttime is the right time. It's got to be. So we started getting— my buddies and I were like, you know what, let's uh, let's get the rigs and let's get all set up. So we bought real, we made our own real cheap, cheap little rigs. And, you know, we had a couple arrows, we tied some strings <laughs> through. And we went out at night and we just had tack lights that we duct taped to our freaking bows. And we were trying and trying and we started killing some fish. And then the second we started killing fish, we just, we just got addicted. So, you know, we spent last, it was basically end of last summer into the early fall. That we got addicted and then you know, over the winter time, I had the whole plans, I drew up these plans, I welded together this massive stainless steel decking for the front of my boat, and I put light bars all around it, and I rigged it with batteries and light switches, and we hooked a troll motor up, and we just established the most bad A rig that you've ever met. It was like, we were just, I just blew myself away with what we made, and it was just legit like we always grew up just scrapping things together and doing everything half-assed because we can never afford it well you know we with my whole welding shop we had everything we ever needed and we whipped together this awesome setup and we actually started bow fishing in the beginning of march and i remember it being 28 degrees on the thermometer when we got back to the truck in the morning because the problem is you know the way we love bow fishing because normal fishing you're doing it during daylight hours most of the time and Mm -hmm fishing all I'm thinking about is all the work that I have to do well when fishing at night you're not doing much work at night so it's you know you're calm as a bee and you have no stress (laughs) and it's just out there because what else are you going to do at nighttime besides sleep so sacrifice a little sleep and kill some fish so you know we the problem is though we get addicted we started you know sunset and all of a sudden you look down at your phone and it's midnight you look back at your phone it's 4 a.m and then by the time you look back, you're falling, the sun's rising. <laughs> I remember being so cold that we were coming back in, and we killed a couple carp, and it was so cold that the edges of the river were starting to ice over.
0: Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Real quick. So this is a like a, a cold weather deal for y'all. Uh,
1: well, no. We just got so antsy that, you know, usually you carp fish in the summertime, spring and summer, but we got so antsy to get out there and try out the rig that I built over the wintertime that we just had to do it. We got so cold. <laughs> Uh, my pole start broke my motor on my boat. We got so, and we were so cold. I was we were in the middle of the river trying to I was trying to rig together some five fifty cord that I had in a spool. Thankfully my backpack trying to redo the whole pole start and my buddy finally said, Screw it, pull over, we're so cold. So we pulled over to the edge of the river, we started a fire and we sat there for two hours after that's I fixed oh the boat God. just warming up so we could get back out and start fishing. <laughs> that's but yeah, man, that's it,
0: that's uh you know you're ate up with it when you're willing yeah. to uh, tolerate such conditions.
1: Oh, right after the fire, we you know we drove about twenty yards and my buddy killed a forty-three pound carp. I mean it was, it's just so addicting. It, it's so it's so addicting because it's so hard. You know it's when you're shooting at a fish with a refraction of the water. You're you know the water's lit up and you got the tackle on your bow and you think you're right on it and if you think you're aiming low, you got to aim lower. I mean, you're aiming two, three feet under the fish. You know, it's it's wicked hard. But when you when you finally do stick a carp, and your arrow just goes zinging, you know, just across the river, and you're just grabbing that string and pulling it in. There's there's nothing like it. It's like hunting and fishing combined.
0: It's it's funny because you know, you know, we we got into bow fishing ourselves uh, as teenagers, right?
2: Yeah, we were little, really little. Yeah,
0: and and if for us, it was more of the sun's gone down and we're bo- we're still wide awake. And yeah, we're bored. yeah, we're we're bored, but you know, for us, it's nowhere near cold. Uh, <laughs> we're talking, you know, eighty degree nights and and ninety percent humidity, and <laughs> and uh, you know, it, the docks are cool. And really, all your energy starts to really come alive then, because before that, you know, you're dealing with temperatures in the hundred degrees. You've been out on the boat all day. You've probably come home, you jumped, for us, you jumped in the pool and you and you you relaxed, maybe took a nap. So your whole cycle is kind of broken. You're awake, it's cool outside, so you want to do something. And we started off, it's funny you mentioned that really cheap rig because we started off with a...
2: Zebco 404, it Was that what it was? 808. It was a Zebco yeah, 808. Put on your recurve. That
0: we, we, bolted, yep. we bolted to a stabilizer on the front of my recurve. And, uh, it was like some kind of like composite aluminum Fred bear, you know, recurve that I used to use for deer hunting. And we got this, you know, 32 inch fiberglass arrow that was, you know, heavier than hell. And we would walk the docks and look for alligator gar. Yeah. And in those brackish waters, it was pretty routine. You could find yourself a two to three footer. And those jokers were difficult because they're so thin. Right, you know, and if you don't hit them dead on, you know they'll bounce off. And then there were sometimes you'd hit them in the skull, you'd hit
1: them dead on, and then bounce. Yeah, and just <laughs> and it was the most aggravating thing. So that is the most frustrating part. You you know you shoot at a two and a half foot carp and you'll miss it, and you're like, what in the hell am I doing? <laughs> then you'll shoot at a twelve inch bowfin that's the same as an alligator It's two to three inches wide, and you'll smoke it. Yep, it's like sometimes you look at your buddy like, I don't get it.
0: We we uh oh our our first our first major upgrade was that was that following year I bought a at a pawn shop I bought a a, a Hoyt ZR two hundred and it was just a a real old uh, compound but it had a whole pile of more energy and we had the opposite problem we started blowing Going through, through the fish <laughs> yep. we backed that thing down to forty pounds and we were still you know blowing through the fish but the difficult thing for us wasn't you know so much as 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 missing so much as those alligator gar. I don't know how they do it with y'all with the lights, or do the alligator gar run at the first sign of motion?
1: We don't have alligator gar up here, bro. Oh really? Hell no. I we, I see all those pictures on social media, and it's just like I would kill to be able to hunt some of them. No, we ha- that's non-existent up here. We have you know we have carp, bowfin, catfish. Those are the only. Bofin and carp are the only fish you're legally allowed to shoot up here.
0: Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I
1: never I never would have
0: thought that would have been the case.
1: Yeah, there's uh yeah, there's there's sturgeon occasionally spotted in the river, but there's no alligator gar up here. That's, yeah, sturgeon would be a huge no no. Yeah.
0: Huh. Well, there you go. Well, okay, so one day if we can ever match it up, you'll you'll need to come down to the bluff with us and shoot alligator gar. Uh, oh, I'm done with that. But uh, for us, you know, you'd walk down there, and if they, as soon as they saw a little bit of like movement or something, they they'd slowly move down into the water column to where you couldn't see them. So you kind of were like GI right. Joe in that crap down the damn dock, and hoping that they didn't uh, you know didn't uh, spot you. But
2: and then the
1: water's twenty five feet down,
2: yeah. slow tide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah we... The hardest thing about carp is you know most of the time you roll right up on them and. You know, springtime it's hard to see because the water's so brackish and murky. But you know, as the summertime gets, the water gets clear. So it's you'll roll up on them and they'll just be motionless, just sitting there. And you'll roll right over. And by the time you see them, they're straight down below the boat. And you're trying to aim so low that you have to pass up shots because you know you'll hit the boat. You'll hit the platform with your arrow because with how you're aiming. Right. But it's but well, right now they're getting into spawning. So we're you know we're anxiously waiting until that water temperature gets up between. 64 and 68 degrees and that's when they're going to start spawning but it's been so late this year they should be spawning by now but we've had so much rain the water's been so cold and all the weather we've had that they haven't started really spawning yet right but that's when you know they're just surfacing they just start like porpoising on the river and you can just see a mass of them and you just we've been waiting to just drive up on them and just shoot them around the surface
0: you know it, it's funny you know I'm, I'm, I'm chuckling here not at your story but at the fact that you said you know the water's been so cold you've been waiting for it to hit 65, yeah. that, that's that's like kind of our wintertime temperature, yeah, isn't
1: it? that's our wintertime. 58, 59, 60, that's our wintertime temperature. <laughs> oh man, it's, it, we'd be lucky if the river's 60 degrees right now.
0: Oh, we. I went, I went bass fishing in July, middle of July last year on, on a deep water lake, and the surface water temperature was 81 degrees.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> bath water for us. Yeah,
0: well, it was bath water for us too, it just didn't It didn't provide much of a reprieve from the 103 degree uh you know temperature outside (laughs) so you you kind of you kind of touched on this rig that you built walk us through kind of what you did what you customized to the boat and then maybe after that uh how how does one actually go about uh the action of finding the fish
1: well it's we're kind of self-taught it's it's pretty unheard of around here for bow fishing you know not many guys do it um i had one buddy that did it and he knew one other guy around here that did it as well so he kind of taught me a little bit but he was all about the daytime so you know doing all my wildlife work i just knew that nighttime had to be way better so you know getting into the nighttime then you start thinking okay you need light so we started off with just tack lights on our bows and you know you're you're covering some ground but you're not covering enough so you know you'd be Drifting by so many fish, so then we started thinking about the platform. And then, you know, I started researching and seeing all these guys, these decked out platforms. So I bought a couple pieces of stainless steel, eighth-inch thick uh, metal, just flat stock. And I started putting it into sections on top of the boat. I built a whole cribbing. I actually built a whole frame of the boat with old ladder sticks. It's kind of funny, the old uh, Maristep <laughs> Are ladder sticks.
0: Like the, like the strap to the tree
1: as a... Oh, I swear to my swear to my mother's life, I built the whole frame of that platform. I had a bunch of old ladder sticks that were my buddies that, that were left in the woods for years, and we finally took them down, and they were just laying around the shop, and I kind of used them as demos for things, you know, to see how the step ladder was a lot stronger. So, you know, I was done with them. They were just sitting there, and instead of using my good steel, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just use what I got. So I started welding those together, built a whole frame, and then started placing the steel right on top and i made a it's about a six foot by seven foot platform right on top and then i welded these brackets to put uh, i put a light bar on each side and then a light bar in front leds and then ran whole and harness right to a battery right in the middle of the boat and then we have another battery in the back for the trolling motor then i got the 15 horse on the boat and then we have also have another spare battery because um, the trolling motor just rips through the batteries when you're out for 12, 14 hours. So, you know, it, it's pretty simple. It's just a big steel deck up front, and you usually have two guys up front fishing, one guy running the boat, and then uh, have a big, you know, 50 gallon barrel, big trash bar- barrel right in the middle of the boat for all the fish. We quick- quickly learned that because the carp <laughs> are so slimy that, you know, they're flopping around the boat and it just puts a slime on the boat that you just touch it with your foot and you're slipping, you're going over the boat. You know, they're, they make a disaster. The boat, you spend two hours the next day, just cleaning the boat. Um, so it, <laughs> you're, and then when it,
0: you're, you're describing a nightmare to Leighton over here. The clean, oh, the yeah. cleaning of the boat thing. He is beyond OCD it's, about his boat.
1: Oh no, it, it's a, it's a ragged, ragged old duck boat. I mean, if you care about your boat, you'd have a problem with boat fishing. I mean, it, it completely makes a disaster, and the scales stick to the side of the boat. And now they're they're starting to spawn, so when you shoot a fish, their eggs just plaster all over the boat, and it just oh. coats the boat like a glue. I mean, you got to power wash it every time. Well, but uh, that's
2: great if you use a pressure washer. You can't use a pressure washer on either one of mine. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, we started. You know, we we really didn't know what in the world we were doing at first. You know, we're just searching, but. We quickly learn that the nastier the water, the thicker the weeds. That's where you're going to find the fish. So we we always like, drift.
0: It sounds like deer hunting.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the <laughs> shallow water that it, that is full of weeds, the best habitat because that's where the fish are going up into the weeds to feed and to lay their lay their eggs. And you know, you kind of just quickly learn where they're going to be at and. You just start drifting the edges. You just work the edges. You just keep working them and working them, going up and down the river, any cove, any stream. You know, you just hit up any still, still moving body of water, and then, I mean that's where you find them. But we're still learning. You know, we don't know. We're no expert, but you know, last trip we were out, we killed eighteen carp. So that's that was bad. a really good trip. Yeah, it is was, that is that your
0: is that your high score?
1: That is. I mean, we filled that barrel up pretty quick, and then all of a sudden you just stop caring, and then there's the barrels full and there's fish all over the boat. We had about 400 pounds of fish in the boat. The boat gets slower and slower as the night goes on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, I, I think our highest we ever achieved was maybe seven, eight. seven maybe eight, uh, kills on a, on a, on a really, really great day. But you know, we didn't have the mobility
1: ability uh, that you have. Yeah. Mobility is the key. I mean, just an area. I mean, it's, one one weekend you'll you'll just pile carp into the boat in one spot you'll go back the next weekend and there won't be a single carp i mean they just they move around and i really still haven't figured out exactly what they're doing but it all depends on water temperature spawning the current you know the feeding the vegetation in the bottom of the water you know where's the best vegetation it's it's constantly changing so that's what makes it even more fun it's you know you're not fishing you're you're hunting you're hunting the fish that's where you know i'm i've never been known as a good fisherman i mean i'll be fishing next Maybe to a buddy i will just be slamming fish and i'll be like using the same lure i'm like what are you doing dude but it's i when it comes to bow fishing it's so much more fun because you're you're seeing them and you're shooting at them you know you're not wondering if going by something
0: right so are you are you able to like identify are you trying to identify food sources by any chance with these fish
1: yes and no i mean you're you kind of i mean the river is just so big it's you know it's such a vast area that you're basically you're not running through the middle of the river you know you're just you're finding small creeks and slower moving water and it's i wouldn't say specific on vegetation i'd say it's all about the current the time of the year the the depth it's because i mean a lot of times you'll see massive carp going through eight feet of water but you're not going to shoot at a fish that's eight feet down you know there's there's no way in hell your arrow's going to even get there in time so you have to kind of be within two to four feet of water
0: so you're are you kind of limited to to bet to like uh, banks at that point
1: uh yes and no i mean we have we have a lot of big chance you know streams that are feeding into the river there's all kinds of streams feeding into the river there's big coves you want to hit up the coves you know any any peninsula with vegetation coming out um the river you know the main river we're not really hunting it's all the coves and streams all the tributaries that are coming into the river think right. because
2: what their rivers up there are not our rivers down here their rivers up there are huge compared
1: to ours really yeah yeah our it's river, like the you know, mississippi yeah, it's like half a mile across. You're not You're not. Oh, yeah, stream.
0: that's a lot different. Than, I mean, we're talking, we're I can, talking I can throw a rock across, yeah, 300 yards yeah, no, if you're that, lucky. That's,
1: that's, a, that's what us northern boys call a stream. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so not everything's bigger and better in the south. Evidently, they've got us beat on the rivers.
1: Yeah, no, when we say a river, it's a big, big moving. And, you know, that's that's a body of water that a 40 to 60 foot boat's going down. Oh, okay. So the intercoastal kind of so <laughs> oh, yeah. for us, yeah. <laughs> wow. we don't have all, we don't have alligators, so we can dip our feet in there no problem. Shoot, I'm not so much worried about the alligators around here
0: as the well, the snakes. bull sharks, yeah, or the snakes, or the snakes, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's uh, that's cool, man. I, at some point, I'd like to get up there and 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 go go with you. I mean, that's that's out, you know, oh, a, a, a cooler full of cold ones and and uh, fully charged batteries. And That sounds like it's an absolute. Exactly. Oof.
1: Yep. Yeah that that that's the key right there. Well, let me ask. So, go ahead. No, go for it. We
0: uh we we like to to try and cap off all of our our podcasts with 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 highlight reels, our most memorable things. So, is there any one night or series that happened that that just every time you think about it you chuckle or you just grimace?
1: I mean, I feel like every night bow fishing is absolutely epic because you're just rolling up onto just, I mean, it, it's, it's a whole different view when you're cruising the river during the day, you're not really seeing much, but at nighttime, when you illuminate the whole water and you have a 20 foot circle around the boat, that's just pure lit up. You're just seeing some of the craziest stuff, but I'd say the best memory would be, uh, it was another cold night. It's probably a month ago that, uh, my buddy Travis was in front of the boat and you know, I was driving, he told me, slow down, slow down. He said, that's a massive carp. And he just took just a Hail Mary shot. It had to have been 20 yards. And he, he stuck this thing. We thought he missed it. And the carp was just, you know, the, the arrow was kind of moving. He could kind of tell it was on there, but it wasn't a pass through. So the barb was just in the middle of the body. And he started pulling it in, pulling it in. And we made a gaff actually for the boat, because It's so hard to grab the fish, especially if you grab the arrow. Sometimes it pulls out, and the fish is so slimy, it's hard to grab. So I didn't have time to grab the gaff, so I grabbed his arrow, and by the time I grabbed it, dude, that that fish's head was underneath the boat. The dorsal fin was, like, at my hand, and the tail, from the dorsal fin to the tail was another two and a half feet. I mean, this was, like, the biggest fish I have ever seen in my entire life. It was like pulling in a striper. It was huge. And just as I got the tail in the boat, the arrow came out and the fish just got away. It was, we all just had like a moment oh, of silence, looked at each other and we we're like, wow. <laughs> if only it we had gaffed forget it. Forget your net when
2: you're fishing and watch what <laughs> happens. You'll hook, you'll hook into the biggest whatever it is that you've ever hooked Exactly, uh. <laughs> but I mean,
1: I mean, it's, every night bow fishing is just epic. I mean, my cousin, he's here staying with me for the summer, helped me work. He's from Ohio, he had never bow fished. And, uh, he just killed his first couple fish coming out with us the last two times. And, you know, instantly, whenever someone has never bow fished and they get on the boat with you and you have the right setup and you start killing fish, they immediately start getting addicted. The second they hit a fish, I mean, th- there's just nothing like it. You, you stick them and you know, you stick them cause that arrow just starts zipping away, sticking straight up out of the water. I mean, it, it just, it's just unlike really? anything. I, I'd put it up there above Turkey hunting. Oh, honest to God, it is. I would bow fish any day over turkey hunting. I mean, any turkey hunt's cool, but bow fishing. You might be insulting
0: like the uh, the turkey the turkey master over here. That's uh, between that and, <laughs> between that and saltwater fishing. This uh, this dude, uh, <laughs> if he if he had to, I, I would put solid money on this order. If you told him he could only do one thing, his first comment would be saltwater fishing. Yeah. Yep. And. If that wasn't an option, yep. the the very next thing would be turkey hunting. He would throw away. Would you throw away duck hunting? Oh yeah, yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'd I'd never give up deer hunting or duck hunting, but I'd give I up think turkey you need, hunting before both fishing. To come
2: down here and hunt these South Georgia birds.
1: Absolutely.
2: They put on a show and a half. Oh, you're talking turkeys? <laughs> yeah, turkeys. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: All you guys do when you turkey on this swim. We <laughs> always talking about no, 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 no. no, no hold on. I through. don't
0: call them across. Harvey calls them across. I I can't they just look at me like, "No, you're not that they're not that sweet." <laughs> no, he he's uh he's a stone cold killer when it comes to turkey hunting. We it, it's funny you're talking about the memories that you can kind of make and 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 how quickly they come. You remember when Sam went down to the main dock at the bluff and he took a bow fishing kit down there and he shot this was like in the middle of the day. I think he was shooting at some kind of mullet or something that was on the top, Drew. And he shoots and sticks a twenty two inch flounder
2: yeah, in the mud.
0: He misses action. he misses the fish he's going for. It shoots through the water and he impales a a twenty two inch flounder. It was <laughs> funny. It was just it Yeah, so we had a lot of time, a lot of a lot of fun pulling also. splinters out of our feet chasing chasing gar. Or we're so. sitting
2: out there till five o'clock in the morning, and then regretting it the next morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll bring the I'll bring the boat fishing rig down Dude, south. You need and we'll go to.
1: You don't some far. I would really dream about out. that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Harvey <laughs> does.
1: <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think Layton has any clue what I'm talking about. I'll take pictures next time. You pull the plug in the boat, and you watch it drain Dude, blood sounds, for about 15 minutes. Sounds
2: like a good cleaning job for Walt. It really does. <laughs> I bring the boat. You bring the expertise. Walt gets to clean. No one likes to clean. Yeah.
1: Everyone loves coming yep. boat fishing, but I'm the only Same one. Same way with saltwater fishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's it's not just the it's not just the boat. Your clothes stink. Anything on the boat stinks like fish. Your bow stinks like fish. You got to dry out all your line on your reel because it stinks like fish. I mean, for the next three days your hands smell like fish so, i mean it so
0: is. so when you don't answer our calls and text messages in the future we're just going to assume that you are sleeping from being out all night and uh cleaning cleaning all your gear the next day
1: <laughs> oh absolutely i mean you drink we'll be drinking two to three red bulls a night just to stay awake and then yeah the whole next day you're just you're just done you got like two days to recover that's a problem you get so addicted that it's like ah, I love to go this weekend, but I know I'm just going to be—I'm going to be a waste of life for the next two days.
2: Closing thoughts or anything to to add to the conversation? No. Besides Layton. that, Walt needs to get up there and go both fishing. That's what he needs to do. He needs to just go do it because I've done it. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. You gone out in the rig and done it? Yeah. When'd you do that? Seminole. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Late. If Leighton ain't addicted, he hasn't done it right. I
2: like saltwater fishing more than I do anything. I give up everything to saltwater fish every day. <laughs> That's Everything.
0: what that's what you need to do, Drew. You need to come down here and saltwater fish with us. Yeah, he he he's got a thirty foot something no, boat. I it's don't. it's it uh, satellite guided and does all the driving <laughs> for you. And yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, that's it. Tells you that's exactly, it. Tells you where the fish are at. All you got to do is drop. It. You just jig it up and down until you're cross-eyed. Well, brother, I appreciate you
0: coming on and uh, ha- hang tight, and uh, we will touch base just after this if uh if y'all like what you heard and you you enjoyed the podcast hit that subscribe button like us on itunes and 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 tell us what what more or less you'd want out of the show be sure to follow us on facebook instagram and also go to wild edge incorporated's instagram and uh, show him some love hit that subscribe button y'all be good see ya